Yo, yo, yo. What's the deal? Everybody, we back at it. Um, the Black Cool Podcast. I'm your honor, gracious, humble host. Uh, so today, I just want to say what's up to the family. Um, how y'all doing? How y'all living? Hope y'all being safe. <clears throat> With that being said, today we're going to discuss uh, the plight of the black man. Um, I don't know what part this will be. I'll look at it and name it later. But we're going to talk about more than just that. But today I've just been noticing uh, how, you know, through the media, and it's always been like this for years. Um, you know, it's basically beating a dead horse, but I just wanted to make a point. <clears throat> so, um, I've been seeing a lot of things over the past couple weeks from uh, sports commentators, um, these crazy fans, these fanatics. Um, and they've been sending death threats to these people's families. All this started when Russell Westbrook's wife said something to Skip Bayless. Um, and she was basically saying, like, yo, you're like, it's one thing to criticize him strictly on basketball. But when you criticize him and you tarnish or shame his name, that's what she has a problem with. And I agree with her to a certain extent. Um, And I also understand that sports commentators have a job. They have to talk about the gameplay. And Russell Westbrook hasn't played good. And he never was an efficient player. I don't understand why now the spotlight is more on him when he's been doing this for years and years. He was getting triple doubles. But again, he wasn't playing in big markets. He was always in small markets like Oklahoma, uh, Houston, and Washington. Those aren't big markets. They are not big media markets. You come to L.A. is a magnifying glass on you when this man has been playing this way the whole time that he's been in the NBA. And I don't understand why now that these people choose to dog him out when he's been doing this for years. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, I'm not... I'm not, like, going to sit up here and pile on the man. Like, he got enough to go through. And I think you got to be, like, mentally, you have to be very strong to be in the sports world because... It's like certain stuff that be happening that, to me, I would not allow. Like, I would not allow Skip Bayless to be calling me Russell Westbrick. And then, like, Russell was talking about his son. His son went to school. And people was calling him, hey, uh, Noah Westbrick. And, like, listen, man, kids should stay out of this. You get what I'm saying? Like, leave people's kids and their families alone. Just, and like he said, you can say what you want to say about me, but when it drips and leaks to my family, that's when I have a problem. And I totally agree with him. But Skip Bayless has been doing this for years. He takes people's names. He makes fun of their names. 
Um, and his critiques of LeBron, I agree with some of them, but it's like he makes scenarios up that don't like he just makes things up that have nothing to do with anything. Like what he does is for for TV ratings, and this is just for TV ratings. Oh, T.O. is Team Obliterator. Uh, it was a couple people, uh, me, myself, and Iverson. Is stuff like that, and it's Bosh Spice. Bosh Spice, like, why would you call somebody Bosh Spice? I don't care what we think that man is or what he isn't. When he got on TV, told him he was like, "Yo, it's okay for you to talk about me." He said, "But you're disrespecting my family name, and people start thinking that it's cool to call these people these things." That stuff could have a long-lasting effect because everybody is not Chris Bosh. Everybody is not equipped to deal with the media or to deal with fans the way that they're equipped to deal with them. He was like, yo, my uncle got into an altercation somewhere. And I think he said his uncle or somebody got into an altercation within his family. And it was like almost on some I'm about to go to jail type of stuff. So we have to be careful when we're talking about people and, 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 and the things that we say and do because your words have a long-lasting effect. So we got to be careful with that. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. We have to be careful with that and how we're talking about people. And like I said, Skip Bayless always does this. And like I said, these media dudes, they feel as though, oh, I can say whatever I want with no repercussions, with no repercussions. And like I said, yeah, you can say what you want. But remember, words have power. And you gonna run into one of these motherfuckers one of these days. And they're likely to hurt you. Like, you know, him and Charles Barkley have been going at it for the last 15 years. Um, and I'm I don't defend Charles Barkley on anything because I think he's a country fed coon. But Skip Bayless has been calling him a court gesture for Michael Jordan. Him and Michael Jordan, uh, they had a falling out because he said that. Michael Jordan wasn't a good GM and he said that compromised their relationship, but he wouldn't take what he said back. Um, and I understand where Charles is coming from, but I also understand where Mike was coming from. When Mike said, you could have just called me and said that don't say these type of things publicly. If you see that I'm messing up, call me and say, listen, I'm gonna call. I'm 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 gonna call you, and I'm gonna try to explain to you how you could be a better GM or how to get the, you know stuff like. And, and I see it from both sides. One has both of them got a job to do. One is an owner. One is a sport, a color commentator. But my biggest problem, <clears throat> my biggest problem with. Skip Bayless, he'll say things and then like when you come at him, like in, when Jalen Rose called him water pistol Pete 
he had a whole attitude. Like they had a whole show on that. And essentially because they was calling Kwame Brown a scrub and all these type of things. And he said Skip Bayless averaged one point and one and one point. He averaged one point and one assist a game. It was like he had a whole attitude. He was like, no, because my coach didn't put me in. No, you weren't that good. If you're a good player, the coach is going to put you in. I'm going to tell somebody. And I, and, and I agree with Stephen A. And the, the only ever time I would agree with Stephen A. Is when he said a lot of them dudes that sit on it, that warm the bench and don't never get in. They're just filling roster spots. It has nothing to do with them actually being good players. Like I said, it's a, it's some good players and it's a lot of bad players. Because all the bad players, you're not going to last in the league that long. Like Kwame Brown lasted in the league because he was, he wasn't even an average player. He was a below average player, but then put him in for garbage time. He'll give you five or ten points, maybe five rebounds. But like I said, this is what I say. The plight of the black man is everything is expected of you. You're expected to be this way. You're expected to be that way. And when you don't meet those expectations... People will dog you out. Like you're in a lose-lose situation with people. Especially as being a black man. Um, But like I was saying, Skip Bayless is one of them dudes who says stuff. Like he called Charles Barkley a court gesture. And Charles Barkley has been dogging him out. He called him all type of punks. He said he's a disease. And... Like I said, I don't like defending Charles Barkley, but I have to agree with him on saying that you you weren't successful at sports. I don't care how much you've been around sports. That does not mean that you know what it takes to play basketball, what it takes to play football, or even baseball to a lesser degree. I don't care how long you've been around the sport. I don't care how many players you've seen. You've seen a lot of players. But until you actually put that uniform on and have to deal with fans and have to deal with all the pressures that come with being an athlete, I don't want to hear from these type of dudes. Oh, well, such and such ain't never played basketball. He's a successful GM. Of course, you have scouts. You have people around you. You have analytics. That's why a lot of these people are successful now because of analytics. And I'm not uh, looking down on people, but I just believe that. Oh, I just believe that. And, and I'll say this too: a lot of great players weren't great GMs or weren't weren't great coaches. I.e., Michael Jordan. Um, but I think that goes into a bigger issue of not of being uh you know set up to fail i think a lot of our our great players are set up to fail because the white gms man and 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 and, and even the black some black gms the people that actually were never a part of playing the nba game they're more successful because 
they're put in a position where, oh, I got the best scouts. I got people that's, you know, you got a player, you got a, 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 um, a vice president of player personnel, like somebody that actually, like I'm saying, that, that actually goes out and scouts these players and see what the, what the GMs that used to be players, they're at a disadvantage because they might be judging players off of how they played. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm judging you on how I would do this in that scenario. And it's a whole thing. So like, it's hard to be a GM and, and be a former player. Like some people were a lot, you know, some were successful. A lot of them weren't. So, uh, but again, I digress. I just think that Skip Bayless, he always trying to play victim. And then T.O. came up there. They had that discussion. And he was telling T.O. why he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Even though his numbers screamed that he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And like I said, with him, you have to go and check him. Excuse me. Hold on. nose a little stuffy but you gotta go and check that type of dude man and and actually tell him like yo stop disrespecting me like it's one thing to talk about somebody and critique their game but they go with personal attack to me when you're giving people nicknames you're personally attacking them uh but shannon sharp uh, this dude is like a uh, he's like a coin man he flip-flopped too much you know one day he all for the players the next day he ain't for the players so i don't really take everything that shannon sharp says i take with a grain of salt like i one minute he for the players like i said the next minute he dogging the players and they they was talking about magic johnson when they was calling him tragic magic oh what did he do he went out and won another championship Bro, you realize they called him Tragic Magic after a finals loss, right? He had a whole year to go and win another championship. Like, like the thing about it was, that's what sports writers do. They come up with names, they dog you out. And even to, you know, even with Magic Johnson, how they used to dog him. Uh, say he couldn't talk and he wasn't articulate. I'm just looking like I, I just don't get it. And then Skip Bayless is another one of them undercover to me kind of liberal racist because he wrote this article about Kareem talking about him, asking why he changed his name and you know just dogging the nation of Islam. I'm not the biggest fan of the nation of Islam but they helped a lot of people like you don't understand the impact that they had in in our black community especially in chicago and in philly and in new york jersey delaware they had a lot of impact getting black people off drugs fixing them up giving them jobs like, he just it's that that soft passive aggressive racism for me you know what i'm saying so 
it, it, Skip Bayless is just an undercover to me. You know, a guy was explaining it yesterday, and I had to totally agree. Because before, I'm like, yo, he's just one of them dudes. He's just uh, one of them dudes that got picked on by the jocks. They got picked on by the dudes that was actually good. No, he he has a lot of racism within him. And it's that passive-aggressive thing. You won't notice it unless you scratch the surface and you start seeing all the racial undertones of the, of the things that he says. So, you like, he's one of them dudes. He's very smart. He's a smart dude. So, he knows how to articulate himself and be racist in a way where people won't get it unless they actually scratch the surface of the things that he says. But, um... Another thing I wanted to talk about was this show is called Buzz Down. Um, I haven't watched it, but I seen one clip where, you know, at the beginning of the episode, the guys that are sitting in the break room, this guy comes out and says, hey, uh, we got to do inventory for tomorrow, whatever it was. Excuse me. And he was telling this black guy, he was like, yo, man, you got a lot of potential. Like, I believe in your potential. I believe this. I believe that. And he proceeds to grope this young man. And the guy that posted this on Twitter is actually in the show. It's called Buzz Downers on Peacock. So the guy posts this, this clip. He's, he's in the show. And the show to me is already showing the signs of being one of those stereotypical black male bashing shows. Um, they can't, they can never put us in a position of power in these shows. Like, if we're in a position of power, we crooked or we sleeping around with everybody, or you know, just things that shouldn't be, but. The white man groped the, the black the black guy, and everybody's laughing like the guy putting this clip up like it's funny. Like, yo, that shit is not funny. Like, I don't understand. They say that we're a part of rape culture, right? They say that we want to identify with white males and we're the white males of the, of the black communities. Like, we we participate in patriarchy and all these other type of things. So what I'm trying to figure out is when did sexual assault become a funny thing? When did that become a point of we're going to laugh at sexual assault now after Me Too and Time's Up? They wasn't laughing when these white women was getting so-called touched on or they're, you know, or they're trying to. (sighs) Excuse me, I'm, I'm stopped up, man. Stuffed. But. They it wasn't funny with them. Now all of a sudden as a black man, everything is funny. It's it's a funny, it's a joke. That's not a fucking joke. I don't understand why they get on TV and masculate black men and think is everything is a joke or y'all have to stop taking everything serious. No, when when people see this, psychologically it does something to you. Cause TV kind of shapes and molds how you look at the world. It shouldn't. But it will because we spend all our time watching TVs, watching these shows to the point where we believe the stuff that these TV shows are saying about us. And, and 
you know, they put us in bad, weird positions. But nobody was laughing. I'm, I'm surprised nobody. Re- I seen like two people laugh at it and say it was funny. But most people was like, yo, why you start a show off with this? Or how are you trying to sell a show to people when the first scene that we see is a white man in power grabbing a black man's Johnson? And then they're being real stereotypical where you see a group of black people sitting around drinking 40s. That's shit from the 90s. And you barely seen it then. Nobody drinks 40 ounces no more. Just stereotypical things, man. And then this, like, laughing at sexual assault. And making a joke in light of it when it comes to black men. Is, is cool. Saying black men don't die fast enough is cool. This lady, um, her name is like Brittany Rest. She gets a job at ESPN for um, the undefeated or whatever that shit is. They changed the name. But she was on Twitter talking about y'all don't die fast enough. She deleted the tweet and then going to say, well, I deleted it because it was taken out of context. No, it wasn't. That's how you felt. I would never say OMG quotations y'all don't die fast enough fast enough it seemed like you got a dog black men in order to make it in corporate america especially as a black woman like like that's not cool and then when people call you out it's like y'all took it out of con- no we didn't how can i take something that you said out of context you actually tweeted it there's evidence and you deleted the tweet and they're going to say, well, I don't agree with them, but white uh, black men try to act. They, they want the white male privilege. No, we don't. Black people, black men, black people, period. But black men in particular are not in a position of power. We cannot engage in patriarchy because we're not in that position to engage in patriarchy. Our women are so-called more educated. Our women so-called make more money, which has been proven to be a lie. The average black male makes 44000 The average black female makes 37000 And I'm saying this is on, you know, entry-level jobs. But when, when you put this image out there that black women are more successful, black women are, are more educated, how... Can black men engage in misogyny? And how can black men engage in patriarchy when we're not in a position of power to do these things? And then patriarchy and misogyny are new words that people have learned over the last five to six years. I've never seen misogyny or patriarchy used so much as as they have been the last couple years or the last five years. We paint these narratives about our brothers, that they're thugs, they're killers, they're uneducated, they don't know how to articulate themselves. These are the narratives that are painted about black men. But then y'all make things up like saying, oh, y'all engage in patriarchy. We can't engage in something that we have no power in. White men engage in patriarchy. Their women don't complain about that. 
but the white woman has made herself seem like so much of a victim because the white man had an unhealthy obsession with black men and black women with black people, period. But black men in particular, the white man had an obsession with him. So the so his female, the white woman, felt very marginalized by this. Now, white women are considered a protected group or considered a minority. And I was saying that on my last couple shows about this person of color and the minority when you call yourself these things. They've bulldozed their way into positions of power where maybe they don't deserve it, but they have to be there because it's about diversity. It's about gender equality. And like I said, that word equality is a crock of shit. It's bullshit. But also, I want to discuss sexual assault. I'm going to go back to sexual assault. Or rape. Um, So Chris Brown, I think it was like last year sometime in the summertime or the end of last year, sometime in 2021, uh, Chris Brown was accused of raping a woman. So Jane Doe is what they're calling her because they don't want her to be identified, which is a red flag to me. Jane Doe wanted $20 million. <clears throat> we don't have to go to court. We don't have to do such and such. Just give me $20 million and we can walk away from all of this. Two red flags is she's not identified and she doesn't want to go to court. She just wants money. Those are red flags. Anytime a woman chooses to sue you instead of pursuing criminal charges against you so you can pay for your crimes, I don't trust them because the court of public opinion, number one, is always going to be on her side. They don't want money. They just want you to be publicly. I mean, they do want money. I meant to say they don't want you to go to jail or actually pay for what you did. They want you to come out of your pockets and they want the court of public opinion to be in their favor because they're going to dog you for the rest of your life. So Chris Brown hasn't always had the best press, you know, especially with Rihanna, especially, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, and I want to say this to that brother, Chris Brown, stop messing with these white girls, whether they're white Hispanics, whether they're full blown white women, stop having parties, stop inviting them, stop doing all these type of things. I don't know Jane Doe. I don't know if she's white or I don't know because he had, he has a track record of messing with these white women or women that's very close to being white. But with Chris Brown, he met this girl at Diddy's party in Miami. I guess he smashed her a couple times. Um, she came to LA, he said, can we link whatever, you know, she was down for the stroke. She was on, she was down for the stroke, the stroke side of the game. You know, that's what they do. She was down for the stroke and he stopped responding to her. So once he stopped responding to her, then, oh, he raped her. This man is the king of receipts. He kept all of her audio messages from Instagram. And in one text message, oh, man, you was the best D I ever had in my life. 
um, I want some e pills and 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 that kind of exposed Chris Brown. I'm like, yeah, that nigga be doing heavy drugs because he was like, I don't usually mess with e pills and nothing like that. That that's my homie. Like that's the type of um, that he he get into all that, but I I only when when I'll do those type of things when it come to partying, but I don't do that every day. He said, but I'm gonna see if I can get you some e pills. So if a man rapes you, then this is the same case, it's the same sense of the case with Bill Cosby. If a man does anything to you sexually, if he sexually assaults you, if he rapes you, why are you contacting him? Why are y'all still in the same room? Why are you still trying to be around this man? And he's traumatized you. He's essentially effectively giving you PTSD. And trust me, I got PTSD. I know how these things work. Certain things trigger you. And they'll put you back into that mode of having that post-traumatic stress disorder. So why get... Why be in that situation? So, the audio messages, the text messages that he exposes broad. And one John was so funny, he was like, uh, shit, I was just trying to make sure I ain't busting you. That's the only reason why I was keeping in contact with you. And like I said, man, we got we got to do better. I'm not blaming him, but I'm just saying, man, you have to have discipline. And I understand y'all rich. Y'all want to have these kids because you feel like you can take care of them forever. But you also have to protect yourself from these false claims and these false allegations of sexual assault. And my thing is, and this is another thing that plays into you being a black man. Everybody said he was guilty. I didn't say a word about it. You get what I'm saying? Like that's not my that's not my issue. Like I don't I, I don't take issue with what these celebrities do. They beating up they women, they raping women has nothing to do with me because I'm actually fighting for our people on a, a level that matters because I don't live in their world. And I'm not saying, oh man, you know, that none of that stuff matters to me. Because nine times out of ten, a lot of that is false propaganda. A lot of that is just we gonna dog this man out because they was ready to throw him away. Another one, Trey Songs. Another problem is the common denominator with all these dudes is y'all messing around with these damn white Hispanics and these white women. They're, they they accuse Trey Songs of anal of raping bitches anally. He been sodomizing women. Like, yo, what is up with these dudes, man? Stay the fuck away from these white women. Like, what is it about white women that everybody loves? Then you have the best woman in the world, which is the black woman. I'm talking about skin pure, crisp, all shapes, all flavors. Beautiful black women. We got the best women on earth. But y'all just want the taste of the devil's nectar. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's like the white woman is a proverbial apple that God told Adam not to touch. I mean, uh, told Eve not to touch. I don't get it, man. 
I, I just don't get it. I don't get it with these dudes, man. Yo, stay away from these white chicks, man. They, they've destroyed empires. Black Wall Street is one of them. Rosewood. Come on, man. All that shit started over white girls, bro. Emmett Till. And, and now, to me, they're making a mockery because we're going to do a stage play about Emmett Till. Like, come on, man. Then they finally passed the, the anti-lynching bill. Like, how y'all pass this shit after 100 years, bro? How do y'all pass something that should have been passed 50 years ago? Longer than 50 years. 60, 70 years ago, this shit should have been passed. How y'all just passing something now? But y'all ain't going there for Carolyn Bryant. She, she's the, the, God, the godmother of all these false claims. She should be going after. When these women make false claims... And everybody been saying this, and I agree. When a woman makes a false claim against somebody, they should be sued to the highest degree of the law. They should be sued. <laughs> but man, my black, my rich black brothers, man, stay away from these white women, man. Like they are not good. Same thing with Kanye. You messing with a white woman, now you're the one that's crazy. You're stalking her. You're doing all kind of crazy stuff when you ain't doing that stuff. But listen, man, I'm about to get out of here. I love y'all. Be safe. Be cool. Um, The family, the brothers and sisters, man, keep your heads up. Peace and love. I'm out.